Welcome to the show. You can watch and subscribe to the Project FIA TV show on YouTube. Drop comments and questions to us on the podcast via Twitter. Our handle is Project FIA. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy. This is Project FIA Goes PC. Word up. This is episode number 98 of FIA Goes PC. And as always, I'm your host. Rebel Zen, aka Danny Hale, and I'm I'm feeling pretty hip hop, you know. Some word up. I mean, that doesn't take you back to the nineties. Nothing else will, and that's where we are. We're in the nineties, just because we are. Uh, so yeah, it's it's been two weeks. It's been two weeks, folks. Uh, and as always, things have happened. Some things that are quite rough actually have happened. Well, you, you know, we, we'll we'll skip through the serious stuff first before I wake up the producer, who's uh. Well, she's basically dangling from an adjacent tree by her ankles, feeling like she's a bat. I've probably driven a batty. That's probably what I've done. Yeah, so basically we've had the uh, news in Europe of what's happening in Jerusalem right now, in Tel Aviv specifically. Pretty intense stuff over there. Uh, just thoughts, thoughts and prayers with everyone, both sides really. We have to take a kind of neutral stance in this stuff here in journalism, because we don't have all the facts yet, but it's really tragic if you're in Jerusalem. Our thoughts are with you. And whatever's happening in the Gaza Strip, what we all wish for, I think, globally, is peace, solution, something. If we can do anything in our power as countries around this situation, we should do so. We should rally up and remind each other how cool each other are, really. So can't pick a side. Just going to let this play out, but it would be pretty cool if peace happens before this fully escalates into something crazy. That's what we're hoping for. I will say I'm echoing the words of Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot, who I believe speaks on behalf of everyone in Tel Aviv. She served there in the military. It's mandatory. And, uh, you know, it's not bad having Wonder Woman on your arm, is it? I mean, you'll win a lot of wars. So uh, anyway, it's a tragic situation. It sucks. But apart from that, it's been kind of, you know, I want to say normal, whatever that is. I think there's a new normal, uh, whatever that is. How can you have a new normal? That seems like a kind of contradiction in terms. But I will say, uh, Man City, well done on winning the Premier League. We handed it to you. We gave it to you, tied it up in a bow and, and sent it to you 30 miles from Liverpool to you. Uh, not that far. So that's good. Didn't even have to FedEx it. It's just a guy called Brian took it over to you and a coach. Like an old coach with horses, drawing it. I've never seen a horse-drawn carriage, but I imagine it's not that good as an artistic rendition because they don't have fingers, horses. Uh, anyway, our producer's waking up and she's sitting up, a bit vampiric-like. And uh, here she is, Winifred Solo. Hello. So what's up with you hanging in trees? Um, Exercise? Really? Yeah. Was this something I do in Australia? I know you spent a bit of time in Australia. <laughs> yeah. Just are you just reacclimatizing yourself no. for life on either side of the planet? Pretending to be a monkey. Oh, it's a monkey, is it? Yeah. I thought you were a bat. Monkeys spend their time simply hanging around, you know. Do they? As the song goes. I, I've never heard it's that song. It's a musical. Is it? Yeah. That's why I've never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, some people like musicals. Mm -hmm. My niece, Becky, she she likes musicals. 
she does. I myself do not <laughs> like music without the owl. <laughs> I'm a big fan of music without the owl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some musicals I like, mm. like uh, Phantom of the Ballet. That's a good one. Opera. No, Phantom of the Ballet. Yeah. That doesn't exist. And Swan Opera. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. These are good. Phantom of the Ballet is interesting. Yeah. It's just a guy that hangs around ballets. He's always there. So it's a ballet dancer who's a ghost? Well, it's filmed in slow motion because most things on the Phantom are, you see. So it's like oh, really no, ultra, fa- ultra slow motion. Camera. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, don't even know it's there. Those the are camera. pretty expensive cameras. Yeah. That's how you track ghosts, by the way. Oh. On a phantom camera. Yeah. Just ask Zack Snyder. He used one on Justice League, which I finally got to see. Zack Snyder's Justice League mm-hmm. rather than Joss Whedon's Justice League, sort of. First cut, <laughs> take, whatever. First cut, take, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a lot longer, isn't it? It was interesting. It was nearly four hours long. Mm. It was done almost in episodes, which I think he stole my idea for a script that I wrote many moons ago. Great minds think alike. Apart from mine didn't have any DC <laughs> characters in it. Uh, that's where the, the uh, similarities draw to a End. close. It was an interesting film, mm. to be honest. Um, it's been a long time since I watched the original sort of cinematic Justice League. Yeah. So certain things may, you, you kind of go into expecting a whole different film. Mm-hmm. And so I think certain things I might have seen three or four times when watching the original one, uh, but it felt fresh in this one. I was conned, but it, it was way more together. A lot of the characters were more established. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of overdid the slow-mo, I think. Mm. If I had a criticism, it would be the fact that he really likes his slow motion. Mm. It felt like you're watching a superhero film and every 10 minutes there's an opportunity for a Kodak moment. It just looked like they were posing to the paparazzi. Mm. I'm like, the paparazzi shouldn't really be there in that situation. I mean, you can be a determined paparazzi, but when you're having a world invasion, it's kind of apocalyptic. Why are they there? Yeah. Taking all these photographs. Very (laughs) annoying. I feel like quite often in films how a lot of people ignore the fact that they're being followed by camera crews everywhere, in every room, going through every situation. (sighs) They're the most suspicious part of every film is the camera crews <laughs> like in the murder mystery well the camera guy knows who did it because mm-hmm. he witnessed it quite mm-hmm. often you know so you should just ask them it'd solve a lot of things but that would break the fourth wall well then the roof would fall down <laughs> so that's not good well there are films that acknowledge the uh, camera such as mockumentaries and documentaries or the making of or the making of, yeah. <laughs> Most things. Of any film. Yeah, they shouldn't call it the making of. They should call it the fourth wall crusher. <laughs> Not a roof fall down. Uh, so anyway, that was all nonsense. I did say last time that I would sort of finish where we started or start where we finished. <laughs> this is back to the future or future to the backwards. I don't know. Um, basically, I was talking about um, my octopus teacher, which won an Oscar. Yes. And it was interesting. So mm-hmm. I'm going to set it up. It's a, it's a documentary on Netflix uh, about a South African. Now, I've got to be honest, sounded Australian for the best yeah, part. Yeah, you couldn't figure out where he was from at <laughs> he, he sounded the like the most chilled out Australian I've ever heard, but he's actually <laughs> South African. Yeah. Basically, he's a lifelong documentarian 
he's done a lot of stuff with tribes in Africa and he was running out of ideas and then swimming because his house is surrounded by the ocean lucky guy and uh sort of just started filming what he was seeing underwater looking for inspiration mm. I guess you could say yeah and inspiration found him yeah in the form of an octopus teacher mm. yeah very good I won't ruin it for you but I will say I didn't expect the big twist the big twist? Yeah, the big twist where he found when he saw his octopus teacher that it was actually an alien and it was teaching a bunch of Japanese kids how to defend themselves from an alien attack. <laughs> Everyone had to kill him. It was kind of confusing, actually, but uh, interesting. That's something different. No, no, that's... It's <laughs> not the that's, same. Yeah, I don't want to ruin it. I'm trying my best to not have spoilers here. <laughs> But there's a load of Japanese kids in a classroom with uh -huh. an octopus teacher, right? E yes, that he's, does exist He's called Koro-sensei, yeah. Koro-sensei. Yeah, yeah, he's the octopus teacher, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> didn't expect it. It's worthy of the Oscars that it won. No, it didn't. Because I didn't realize the sea was that no. volatile and full of Japanese kids. Oh, my God. What? What's up with that? There's a, there's a high school under the sea. Mm -hmm. I wonder if Aquaman knows about it. Because he's a character. That's called Assassination Classroom. What? The anime slash series with Japanese kids. There's nothing anime It's not a documentary. It. It, was, it was all for part of the documentary. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. And then Aquaman comes in the third act and saves the day. Sure he does. He might. I he didn't could. See, I didn't there might see be the a sequel. sequel. <laughs> I don't know. Why have to plus teacher too? Uh, it's interesting. I, I thought it was cool. It's very fascinating to go underwater like that. Mm. Um... Without seeing Aquaman. Because he's there a long time. We'd think you'd see Aquaman eventually. But you don't. Um, I mean, where is Atlantis? It might not be near South Africa. No one knows. It's a, it's a mysterious... you got to ask... I'm uh, going to guess like... Jason Momoa. Yeah, he knows. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Momoa will take you all the way to Atlantis. I thought it was a gambling place near New York, but that's Atlantis. Atlantic. Atlantic City. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Atlantic Basically, City. that's the setup. Okay, so uh, it's Atlantic City, which is obviously the casino resort in uh, New York. Mm -hmm. Okay, big tidal wave takes it all right, sinks the entire place, and in the future, that's Atlantis. Because oh. someone replaces. So you know what kids are like these days? They keep changing signs, trying to make it sound different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And and so Atlantic City became Atlantis City. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, scholars are going to find that basically everything they're digging up mm. underground is basically, it's us in the future. Yeah. Okay. That, that's going to screw a lot of people. So what if there's no flat earth theory, but there's a perpetual loop theory? What's where the loop theory? Basically, uh, we, we all exist until we screw up the climate so much, this massive sandstorm comes. And cover us all everything. in sand. And because buildings are what they are, like the Shard in London, yeah. the sand clings to it and it looks like a pyramid. And I'm <laughs> like, I can't figure out how they did that. How did that happen? But after years of like sand being blasted at the Shard, it mm -hmm. looks like a pyramid, right? Okay. And it's only a tomb because the guy who was working at the time, was Neville, still was still in the office doing the extra hours. Ah, I got sanded into the pyramid. Damn. Yeah. That's a, that's a theory no science is possibly ever going to say. Mm. Uh, but yeah, there you go. Because we, we, we've had two weeks to, to kind of think about Chris Nolan films, and I still don't understand most of them. But, you know, that would be a good film, wouldn't it? 
if mm. we just realize that we're just in a loop. Then that's almost like Groundhog Millennia. Is it? Yeah. That's the most nerdiest thing anyone said. <laughs> I was trying to Can understand. Can I have to explain that to saying. the kids who weren't born 500 years ago and didn't see Groundhog okay, Day? Okay, so Groundhog Day is a film where a guy wakes up and then he relives the same day over and over again until like something breaks the cycle. He gets it right. There's a karmatic loop. Sure. So it's basically the same day repeated, but you're saying history repeats itself in a loop. So yeah, I'm saying like I'm basically, <laughs> I'm saying humanity gets to a point. Yeah. Where if there is a God, and many faiths believe in God, mm -hmm. I, I like to call the supreme being Terry. If there's a Terry, yeah. right, and he's watching over us, he yeah. just gets bored and hits the reset button. Yeah. Or someone sneezes in the heavenly lab that controls all and everything, mm. and they just accidentally clip the button. Or someone wants to get out of work early, so they hit the fire escape, or whatever it is. The fire alarm, I should say, not escape. You want to hit a fire escape, wouldn't you? Stupid fire escape. I thought it was going to be a button and then there's like a slide that comes out. Escape from the fire. Really? Yeah. You think that would work? Like a shoot or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I don't live in your head. No, what I'm saying is far more realistic. So Terry, who's the supreme being of everything, right, gets bored, hits the reset button. What happens is it's either a big flood and then you get a super continent and everything else sort of like basically just falls into the ocean, right? Mm. Like Atlantic City, which we've established is Atlantis. <laughs> or it's a sandstorm and basically turns the Shard in London and other such high-rise buildings into pyramids. Mm. Like Michu Pachu. Machu Picchu. Or Itchy Patches. <laughs> and, uh, where's that? <laughs> South America, where is Itchy Pete's Pizza? What's it called? Eat, eat, eat your pizza. Eat your pizza. <laughs> Pikachu. What? So uh, that place oh where you get coffee. What? Apparently. They grow coffee near there, don't they? It's um, Colombia, isn't it? Peru. Peru. Peruvian. <laughs> Pan pipes are made in Peru. South America. Yeah. South of America, like most things. <laughs> Not a South America. Uh, yeah. That place. That's basically just a result of a massive sandstorm. You know, everything just clings and then it hardens really fast. It's like 10 years of sandstorm. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. Everything's a sandcastle in Egypt. It's just been made off a shard. If you get to the original structure of it, it looks like a high-rise building. You see? And through the years, you know all the hieroglyphics. Like, it's funny, isn't it, how every one of these cultures has sort of drawings on the walls. Mm -hmm. And no one's figured... That it's because someone lost their notepad and they're trying to remember the accounts. Because they're all accountants in high-rise buildings and they got locked in by a sandstorm, right? And so that's the thing that links all these places together. You see, Boring so the pyramids... They, well, yeah, like the accountant trying to find the exit. A lot of the drawings are like, how the hell do I get out of here? <laughs> and he's not very good at drawing, so he practices doing like cat faces and stuff like that because he's looking for a horse to get out and he just can't get the horse shape right. It's a tough thing to draw. So he made all of these crazy like cat-headed weird men things because he was trying to experiment. By the end of it, and unfortunately, this is the stuff that got weathered out the most. By the end of it, he was a proficient artist. <laughs> it was really good stuff he was drawing. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I reckon. All of these, we got the wrong thing. We keep thinking these things are something sensible. They're not. It's just basically a guy got trapped, mm. and so all the catacombs that happens, just him trying to get himself out of it. 
Mm. And he's got all of just office equipment to dig his, his way out of the pyramid. Yeah, which is made from sand hitting a shard type building. You yeah. do find some weird stuff in tombs. Yeah, like paper clips and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The staplers. <laughs> but it wouldn't that be a funny thing if you're on this constant thing that you go forwards and then you're in this loop and uh, everything resets. So basically when we lose a continent, a new one forms. Mm. You know? Yeah. Islands split and then uh, drift off a wee bit. Yeah, it's because Terra's hit the reset button. And I say that to be politically correct as I can because, you know, don't want to label Terry. It's just a supreme being called it's Terry. It's basically the apocalypse button then. Well, I wouldn't for say us, that. It's, it's, it's the, it's the rash change is what it is. Mm. I mean, to them, it's just get out of jail, get out of jail, get out of work a few hours earlier. What happens if there's a reset button in the heavens though? Because then, then it gets really peculiar. Then you're in this kind of... They need to be reset. You're in this weird dimension then because then there'd be something above all of that yeah. that we just can't fathom. They can reset us and then something resets them. Oh, I don't get it. And then everything that they're trying to reset is reset so they can't reset and the reset button's moved because the whole structure's changed, you see? Mm. Yeah. It's called the Russian doll theory. <laughs> I've just created that. I don't know what I'm talking about. But I like how I built up my octopus teacher, which won an Oscar last time on mm. this podcast. And mm. now I've ignored it. I've just told you that it ends with a classroom of Japanese kids. And Alien. He's a good teacher, though, for a sensei. Mm. Good teacher. Speaking of... Um, um, Because you're talking about Phantom of the... Oh, Phant ghosts? Phantom of the Ballet. Ghosts, uh, aliens... <laughs> I'm covering everything. I was just going to say, I recently finally watched American Werewolf in London. Oh, yeah, that's so related to what I was talking yeah. about. I'm glad that I've linked in. <laughs> We've got this theory that could impress all science in the world with my theory that everything's just a hard reset because Terry's pressed the emergency button. And you go to American Werewolf in London. I bring it back to film, yeah. By the way, not many uh, American werewolves in London. Just no. in case you wanted to come here when you can, <laughs> when you can visit again, when yeah. everything's allowed. Uh, not many American werewolves in London. Are there many British or European? Well, werewolves? that wouldn't be a good film, would it? <laughs> European werewolves. Yeah, you in can't London? sell that film. Mm. British, British werewolf in London. Almost too domestic. It almost needs a Wilder, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't need a Wilder. It needs a Wilder. Yeah, not a Wilder. That would be irrelevant. If if there was a European werewolf in London, it wouldn't be called that. It would just be werewolf in London, right? I don't know. Because <laughs> it's from the... Are, are we in Europe anymore? I mean, I'm not really sure. I'm not sure if we count. Like, we could have European... almost like So, werewolf in London of European nationality... Or descent... Is that still allowed in brackets because we've left in Brexit? I think you're allowed, It's a long though, title. Because aside from the politics, the census actually asked people, how do you identify in terms of, like, British or European or, you know... Werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when we had the national census, this yeah. happened. I'm just going to tell my American friends. I know you're still listening. A lot of you have probably given up. This is ludicrous. <laughs> but uh, basically, we had a census recently, a national census. Almost sounds like, you know... Christmas, when Jesus was born. No. There was a census then as well. No. Yeah, there was. If you've read the Bible, you 
heretic or any religious <laughs> novel <laughs> there's a lot of them about okay. uh yeah uh one religious novel that we won't ever talk about is the da vinci code because that's just nonsense uh so what i was going to say is mm-hmm. the census is a big thing right mm. and it happens every so often to do a head count 10 years i don't realize that you've got one every 10 years you're a professor or something uh Anyway, so what happens is, why everyone knows what a census is. It's yeah. just a head count, you write the thing. Yeah, they so, want to know, like, who you are and, you know, what you do, of what the, clothes you wear, what's your favorite color socks, lots of the questions like that, and... isn't it? They say a lot of this information is, it's not going to be kept. We just want to know that you exist, right? Yeah. On the actual form. Yeah. But they ask you some weird stuff. Mm. Like, if cheese had legs and it ran faster than a mouse, would mm. that be hell for the mouse or for the cheese? It asked me that. It was like a lateral thought question. There was one, I think, in the 1800s. Is the where, world flat? Where was what? a guy got in trouble. I think he was a Londoner. He got in trouble for filling in the census form and including his cat and all of the details of his cat's hobbies and everything. Was he an American werewolf in no, London? No, he was American. <laughs> So what did you think about America Werewolf in London? Uh, considering it was... Mostly um, in Yorkshire, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very no, confusing. It's, uh, 1981 it came out? Yes, so did um, I. That was when I previewed for the first time. <laughs> That's right. Uh, the, the, the makeup effects were amazing. I think if, you, if anyone out there is interested in makeup, special effects, like that kind of thing... It's a must view. And it's really good. I mean, I'm glad you point that out mm. because it's a really good effect sequence. It's only about seven minutes long, yeah. the entire sequence. But it's really difficult to put makeup on a werewolf. Oh it's God. really hard to do it because they're quite aggressive. You know, you have to feed it some kind of tranquilizer or something. I'm not sure how they did it, but it was pretty cool. And the same team was behind Michael Jackson's Thriller oh. video. Just behind it. Just, just yeah, yeah. When you saw it in the stack, <laughs> when you saw it in the stack at like Blockbusters, if you remember that, I don't mm. know. Some kids were like, "What? What's that?" Well, it used to be a game show on TV here in the UK, but then it became a video store, not related, strangely. Uh, but yeah, I think now it's an indie game on a PlayStation Network where you just bust blocks. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Blockbusters sounds like one, but basically uh, rental video. So you take the video off the shelf, mm-hmm. and behind it was the team that made. They were just standing. They were just there, always, always mm-hmm. there. I don't know how they got to every video store around the world, At but the they managed it. <laughs> that's that's a kind of weird, almost going back to the Incan theory. That's that very was, supernatural. That's cross-dimensional TARDIS behavior. Maybe it's because of Interstellar. I think it's because they're at 9 Downing Street. We know it's an alien spaceship. We covered that last time. Mm. So anyway, um, you like this is why people keep coming back to us. Because one thing that I always know about podcasts is they try and cover sensible stuff like science mm-hmm. and theory and stuff like this well you know you you can't get better science than what we've just discussed but the science of getting makeup on a werewolf is difficult i guess it was because it was an american werewolf because <laughs> americans tend to be more docile and they Ooh. like to look better than english people if you, i mean everyone in america is listening right now or around europe they have this kind of idea of what an english person looks like you know yeah royal family or something like that <laughs> Right, kings, queens, dukes, knights, uh, days, Oliver mornings. Twist? Uh, who's that? <laughs> isn't he a song? <laughs> Back to the musical. No, like isn't he? Let's twist again. No, like we did last summer. Isn't that about him? 
Mm. I'm pretty sure it is. Jive Bunny and the Master Mixers did a version of it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what Oliver Twist is. Oliver always made me think of Olives. Okay. They got the twist out of it when they made it a musical, didn't they? Sounds like a cocktail. Yeah, the Oliver Twist. <laughs> that sounds gross. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like Sweeney Todd got into that. Anyway, why have, we, why have we got into like <laughs> the biggest <laughs> musicals of all time? You're talking about what Americans think how... No, Americans are, Americans are more uh, visually conscious of their appearance. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The, the ones that are British that are visually uh, aware of their appearance or together, as a therapist might say, <laughs> are people like Gordon Ramsay who we ship off to America mm -hmm. because they've become too American oh. for UK audiences. <laughs> too helpful and too conscious and too giving uh, and basically swear way less than normal British people. We send them off to America <laughs> to Too do shows. Polite. Isn't it very atrocious? Like, here's the thing. If I'm American watching Gordon Ramsay, right, I'd feel like this is what happens when you kick the British out. They eventually wind their way back and try and colonize all your restaurants. <laughs> that's, that's what I think every time I watch him, you know, because his heart's in the right place, medically proven that it is. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But he's done a lot of good for the... Well, I, I think you've got to see the big picture of Gordon Ramsay. He's kind of an enlightened being. A lot of people don't understand that. And the reason that I say this is because you can hate the guy, but he's reset everything in America. He's got portions down. Mm. Because you're watching his show, and a lot of people on his show, let's face it, couldn't run their own box. Really? Box? Yeah, just a box. What do you mean run a box? Just run a box down the road with a string. They couldn't do that. <laughs> and the point that I'm trying to say is like, you know, I mean, for America, and this is what Americans don't realize. He did this here first. So we banned him to your country. I have to apologize because Kitchen Nightmares began in the UK. Mm -hmm. And it proved, A, that we've got a lot of planks running restaurants in this country. I mean, <laughs> some of the really stupidest people I've ever seen are on that show. But B, that for some reason and somehow, he actually fixed the restaurants here. Mm -hmm. actually, he actually did the job he was here to do. There were no more restaurants to fix? Well, there was only six or seven in the entire UK show, so it tells <laughs> it you... It was pretty short, yeah. Yeah, a lot of them are chain pubs, though. You can't really no! attack those. Yeah, yeah. I always thought it would be really good if you did the McDonald's equivalent of Kitchen Nightmares. You walk into the McDonald's around the world, there's lots of them, and then you fix their problems. But they're all uniform. Like... What? They've all got uniforms? No, like, everything is the same. Is it? So... How do you know? You've not been to all the McDonald's in the world. That's For the example, design. the ones in Hong Kong, they flip the burgers with chopsticks. No, they don't. They do. They flip no, them with chopsticks. Don't. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. It's because it's, you know, they don't know how to use knives and forks. That's not true. It's like the Chinese think knives and forks were cannibals. Basically, that's why they use chopsticks. It's more eloquent. It is more eloquent, yeah. I agree. And but... then they put them in their hair afterwards once they've eaten. <laughs> so they do. <laughs> that's gross. Oh, they knit with them. It's basically like a Swiss army knife in China, isn't it? Chopsticks. Mm. Yeah. you got so many purposes. Yeah, you've got loads of things. You can even play your favorite game, pick up sticks with it. Because <laughs> you're talking about that in the previous times. Oh, but um, yeah, it was so good. It catched on to Japan. And that's about it. <laughs> And all the colonies of uh, China, you know? Yeah. Because they had colonies. 
They don't have a chef going around to different countries telling people how to cook, though. We do. That's obnoxious. Just mm. saying. But no, I think Gordon's plight has changed for the better. A lot of infrastructure in America. And I'll tell mm. you why. I've got a bit of a story here. Okay. Because obviously he has kind of this cookie cutter way of fixing restaurants in America. Yeah, there's a formula. There is a formula. Here in the UK, he never went to those extremes. He didn't do a makeover. Because no, again, be. if you do a makeover to anyone British, we ship you to America. Like I said, that's why you can't have an English werewolf having a makeup job. <laughs> you can only have an American werewolf getting a makeup job, which is why the he makeup won an Oscar. He or was nominated. an actor. He wasn't a werewolf. He was an actor, Gordon Ramsay. No, no he wasn't. <laughs> I don't think he has. He might have had a few credits. Anyway, what was your Ramsey story? So, right, the cookie cutter way of him doing it, he walks into a restaurant, re-envisions it by painting it and then changing the carpet. Yep. That's about it. Maybe takes a wall out, stops booths. He has a problem with booths. I don't like booths. Doesn't either. like booths. I don't like booths. I mean, it's good for sound recording. I always find a booth. Not a... Or a phone box. Restaurant booth. What do you mean a restaurant booth? That's a really small restaurant. You've got a restaurant in a booth. <laughs> no. I like, here's the thing, right? Booths belong in diners. American yeah. diners. The, mm -hmm. the proper American diners. Yeah. All right? Like the 1950s style American diners. Yeah, like okay. in Riverdale. I don't know. I haven't seen that. It's in Canada anyway. No. So I wouldn't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but what I'm saying is the booths yeah. belong to a diner. Yes. Right? But they don't belong to an upmarket steakhouse or something like that. Would you agree? Yeah. 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 You gotta you gotta get the right look for the restaurant. Like for example, the thing that always with, freaked with one me exception. out. What's that? The circular booths. I think that's appropriate in a in any other restaurant. Well, it wouldn't be a full circle, would it? Because you won't be able to no, get like in. No, like You'd a have to throw the food at people. <laughs> not a full catch circle. Your, catch your you food, frisbee. You know what I mean? Like the more circular ones. Well, I don't know. Have you been eating in crop circles? I don't know. <laughs> I been in a restaurant for over a year. You haven't been in a restaurant. So I've forgotten what restaurants Yeah, this is are. all fiction, obviously. Oh, wait a minute. Restaurants open today when this episode comes out. Oh, we should go and see one because <laughs> we haven't seen one for a while. I bet they've all got booths now. Oh, they've, all, they've all renovated. You see, this is why I got confused as a kid because I never drank. I wasn't big into alcoholic beverages. Sure. Wasn't my thing. Still isn't. Not really. Unless Pete's around and then I don't have a choice because he magically sort of... He, he makes everything alcoholic <laughs> just by being there. I'm not sure. He's got a gift. He's beer Maybe Jesus. Maybe he's Jesus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> beer Jesus. He's the Viking of Jesus's. Anyway, so basically Ramsey comes in. It fixes the thing up, does a paint job. Everyone seems to be super impressed by that. Like I said, Americans' visuals matter to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, nothing changes. He yeah. walks into a restaurant. It's pretty grim. And he leaves in. It's pretty grim. But he changes <laughs> the menu so it's edible. Uh, not the menu itself. You want to eat the menu. No, That'd no. be a Heston Blumenthal <laughs> episode. He's a chef here in the UK that does crazy things. Google him. I'm not going to go there. Uh, but basically, so Ramsey comes in. He'll simplify the structure, simplify the menu, changes the, lo the, the location, might change the name if he really doesn't like it, blah, blah, blah. What dawns on me, in America, there's this app called Yelp. It didn't really take off here in the UK. We have it in London. But the rest of us don't really care. So Yelp is basically the Facebook of reviews for restaurants. Yeah. So it's kind of like you get the address, you get the menu online, you can order sometimes. But it's really there for the comments. 
And every time Ramsey ever did anything in America, the comments would be really harsh because he's involved in it, mm. I think. It's kind of a stigma. Because if you're successful and you're a chef, people are going to rip you apart. And then there's some people who are just loyal to the owners. So they liked it when it was diabolical and had <laughs> mice that were dead in the fridge and stuff like this Gross. before he came in. So in a nutshell, a lot of people have seen Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares. Yep. It's a big show around the world. I just think that what he did for America wasn't fix the particular restaurants which shut down pretty much a year after he left, mm -hmm. always. I think, one, he was getting it to a point where the owners could sell it, mm -hmm. respectfully sell it, yeah. so that the business wouldn't be foreclosed mm -hmm. or uh, blown up because it's so gross, right? So they would get their money back, essentially, or at least pay off some debts mm -hmm. or whatever. But I think that his thing was to change American food. Mm. So it was simplified and, and better and served down and less things on a menu. And the reason that I think it works is because while we were out there, there's a really famous place in Los Angeles in Hollywood called Mao's. It's There's two diners. One mm. is actually in Hollywood right next to the Waxworks Museum, mm -hmm. which is a museum about waxworks, saying that wax, when it worked made loads of amazing things no yeah no it's wax figures or it's just statement wax works <laughs> museum. why would you want to go in then it's a museum isn't it it's how you get people in from different countries you just put museum at the end of anything we could make our house a museum and there'd be tourists coming in for sure no. So that's the one thing Gordon Ramsay never did for a restaurant. If he'd put museum under the restaurant, more people would have turned up. I don't think so. I, I think so, yeah, because it's always in the tour books. Were you, was your point about the wax museum? No. You're talking about what? Mouse no. was next to it. It's all the links to it. This <laughs> okay. is in Hollywood, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other one is uh, Down Sunset, which is my preferred one, mm -hmm. which actually looks like it's from Greece. The Not from Greece. The islands of Greece, but from Greece, the musical Greece. The musical We're back Greece. To musicals. We're back to musicals. Don't know why. <laughs> Don't like musicals that much. I was disappointed when I watched Greece. I watched it, the film, John Travolta, Olivia Newton John. I don't think I've seen it. Is it because of their you hair? You can't talk anymore because the whole world hates you. It's because their hair is greasy. No. They need shampoo. No. No. <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually because it's based on a Greek mythology. But it's spelled differently. Well, Americans spell things different. No. <laughs> yeah, they do. They yeah. do sometimes. They, but they simplify the stuff. <laughs> yeah, they do. They spell things very differently. Anyway, um, Mel's. So, no, no, I was just saying it looks like something from Greece, not yeah. Athens, but yeah, yeah, yeah. the musical Greece. It was called Greece probably because they hair, yeah, Pompadour style. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah. Otherwise, it's very misleading yeah. as a title. But basically, this is like the 1950s spread diner, right? Mm -hmm. And what I noticed is the one in Hollywood, not the one in Sunset, which is not that far away, a couple of miles down the road in a different direction. The one in Hollywood changed all of its menu because it was featured on diners, drive-ins, and dives, mm. which I was always very confused. Yeah. Like, I never understood why you needed a swimming pool dives. in a cooking show. <laughs> Because it's drivers, as in like a load of Uber drivers. Then there's dining, where people just eat in a restaurant, and then dives. It's drive, drive in, drive in, dine in. What? 
drive-ins. <laughs> I don't know now. No, I've lost myself. Yeah. I said drivers, didn't I? Yeah. So it's drive-in diners and, and 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 then people dive in a swimming pool. I don't understand. It's a very unusual cooking show. It's not a cooking show. It is technically a cooking it's show. It's a it's a let's go around and show you different places and restaurants that you can eat in this particular. But they always area. cook on it. Yeah, but that's because like it's about the restaurant. Guy, and I can never pronounce his surname, but it's Guy Fawkes. I'm just going to say he was a big character in English <laughs> politics once upon a time. Guy Fury. Yeah, Fury. Yeah. Fury. Fury. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why I sound like that when I say his name, but Guy Fawkes. Basically, <laughs> everyone knows he was a big part of the gunpowder plot, which is when they were plotting gunpowder. They were I just think plotting he's a it. bit young for that. Gunpowder plot in the history of the UK, and a lot of Americans don't know about this, even though they've seen V for Vendetta. They haven't associated the two, mm. you see? So I'm just going to help translate that. Yeah. Guy Fawkes, who's the host of drive, Drive-Ins, Diners and Diners, Drive-Ins and Dives, <laughs> I don't know, whatever that is, Triple D, they call it, because it's impossible <laughs> to remember the order. Yeah, that. Guy Fawkes who you know from that show, he was actually a historical figure in England. So he's been around. He's pretty much uh, an immortal. And he's been around a long time. He had a gunpowder plot where people in the UK were plotting gunpowder because they didn't know how how to make it. And it was basically like this nerdy science experiment. And what people don't know about the real story about the gunpowder plot is this happened underneath Parliament. Because they were having a science lesson. Because the labs, even the labs now... All the labs are underneath <laughs> Parliament because it's government operated. Oh. It's a secret conspiracy. <laughs> and secret were underground lab. science lab. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because all the prime ministers and and things of your parliamentaries, the MPs, the members of Parliament of your of old, thought they were Batman. They wanted a lab at the bottom so they could go down on the lift oh. by tinkling a few keys on the piano, you know, and then this door opens up and they go down this fireman's pole into the lab. Yeah, and they're making all of these fun things like cornflakes. That's where James Bond came from then. No, he didn't come from there, James Bond. He came from Bond Street, which is in London. If you've played Monopoly, the English version, you'll see Bond Street. It's near Fleet Street. <laughs> yeah, it's red, I believe, on the old <laughs> board. Anyway, so he came from Bond Street. Everyone knows that. I don't know how you don't know that. Uh, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. So basically, what? and you know the Mayfair, the big boat. Mayfair. The boat. What boat? That took the Chinese to America. Um, I think it was the Mayflower, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we'll give up on that one. <laughs> yeah. Park Lane. Yes. Is where you park in London. It's the only lane you can. That's why it's so goddamn expensive. But basically, underneath the Houses of Parliament is mm-hmm. a lab. Everyone knows this. Mm-hmm. And they were doing but a gun. But it's a secret lab, so not everyone. No, knows everyone this. knows it. Everyone knows everything about secret labs. Okay. We all know that they're there. It's because you go near it and then go shh, don't tell anyone. And there's a massive sign saying lab. Okay. You know, like Area 51 couldn't be more obvious. Yeah. There's signs everywhere saying don't come anywhere close. So this is a top secret location. But we can all see it. It's a mm-hmm. massive location anyway. You know, you know the story. So top secret lab that everyone knows about underneath the House of Parliament. Guy Fieri, whose Spanish name is Forks, which isn't very Spanish, but he was apparently Spanish. He, he wasn't Spanish. He was a Yorkshire man working for the Spanish. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Just watch V for Vendetta. Okay, what? Natalie Portman's in that film. I like that film. It's a good film. 
And it does. Better films. It is V for Vendetta. It's yeah. correct. Yeah. They haven't misspelled it. Well done, America. Because they misspell a lot of things, but not like that. Like Greece. Like Greece. Yeah. Okay. So at the bottom of the lab, they were having a gunpowder plot where they were plotting gunpowder because I didn't know what gunpowder was at that point. So trying to figure it out. We did though. Well, basically, they they got it. They imported it from China, right? Yeah. Even well, back with then. With the tea and the salt. Everything, all the gunpowder in the world is imported from China, as you know. <laughs> it's big taboo. You know, we've got to try and make our own gunpowder. <sighs> and then someone accidentally sneezed. And obviously, oh. back in those days, we didn't have electricity. We did, but um, for this story, we didn't. In this secret lab, you're not allowed electricity because <laughs> it might hurt you. Yeah. And Tesla, as we know, is a car. But he was also Nikolai Tesla, who invented theories about how to use electric stuff. Now, he managed to, he was trying to create an infinity bulb of electricity. It's in the X Men films. I don't know. He's in the prestige play by David Bowie, you know the guy? Uh, so yeah, he has nothing to do with any of this, uh, but they didn't have electricity in the secret lab of the bomb houses parliament. All right? It's all analog. Candles. Low funding. It's the government. They don't want to fund it. You might have a pandemic. Everyone needs to be on vaccines. So that's where the money was going, you know? Uh, so down here, gunpowder plot. Mm-hmm. They're trying to plot it. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure it out. Because they couldn't figure it out. Someone sneezes... And it hits the uh, torch, yeah. the naked flame of the torches that most of England's got still. <sighs> if you think we live in castles, uh, we still use those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically, blew the Houses of Parliament up. Boom. But it didn't. It wasn't very effective because it was stopped. Because so- MP came down a fireman's pole at the right moment <laughs> and all the gunpowder went into his face. <laughs> Just a few bits hit the... It's only a minor explosion. So we should actually blame so the guy So it blew up a mine down the roads in Wales. Yeah, it was a minor explosion. Yeah. Mm. They happen a lot in coal mines. That's why we stopped them. Mm. Yeah. A lot of this is all factual. Where are you confused? <laughs> I am extremely confused. But the best thing about the secret lab at the bottom of the Houses of Parliament is actually that their main professor, teacher, if you will, is an octopus. Is it? It is. Well, they're the best teachers. They are. There's no other teacher that I can recall has ever won an Oscar. And then died a year after winning it. Or Mm. before winning it. Mm. Has a teacher ever won an Oscar? A teacher. I'm trying to think of the films about Not a thing about about a teacher. No, no, no. A teacher itself. Because it was the octopus that won the film. That won the film? Yeah, it got the Best Actor Award. Not did it. Yeah, it wasn't actually an octopus. It was an alien from a different planet who came down to teach kids how to assassinate it. Yeah, it's, you know, you gotta, you gotta see that film again. It wasn't that long ago that you watched it. But that octopus was yellow anyway. Only in certain lights. Depends on your colour correction on the TV as well. Octop- octopi can be any colour they want to be. Are they? Oh yeah, camouflage. they do camouflage. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Got one on our table, you just didn't see it. <laughs> They camouflage really quickly as well. That was really amazing to see. I didn't see it. Couldn't see it. You watched the film? Yeah, it was camouflage. I missed that part. <laughs> it looked like a bunch of rocks to me. So, yeah, um, basically, <laughs> you're learning so much. This is like an education, right? So, underneath the house apartment secret lab, right, that everyone knows about. It's got signs, but you're not allowed to talk about it. That's why it's a secret. It's like Fight Club. 
You know it's there because you see it on your video rack. But you're not, not allowed to talk, talk about, about it. it. Yeah, which everyone did. I don't know if you saw that, but the, the joke is that everyone told everyone about that film because it was so brilliant. Oh, the irony. Have you seen Fight Club? Yeah. I'm not meant to talk about that, mate. First rule of Fight Club. How did that film ever get popular? If the rules of Fight Club are so laid out, how did that film ever get popular? Exactly how secret labs are not secret. Word of mouth. <laughs> or big advertisement companies <laughs> telling me about it. I think it was a lot of promotion for Fight Club. How did they miss that mm. in the promotion? You know? Like the promotion for Fight Club should have literally just been... You're not meant to talk about it. Then it wouldn't be so successful, though. No, because everyone would be like, what am I not meant to talk about? Yeah, I mean... It would have been more successful. It's a, it's a different tactic, for sure. Can I just say that Area 51... How many areas are there? Do you think it's just ironic? Like, they randomly name their areas. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe California's Area 3. Oh, aliens. Um, uh, uh, oh, aliens. <laughs> oh, aliens. <laughs> oh, um... What was on the news today? Uh, China's um, got a robot that's landed on Mars. A probe. Probe. No, yes. it's, they call it a robot. It's a probe. It's a robot probe. It's a remote-controlled car yeah. that's on Mars. It's a robot. Can I just say that there's a lot of people, I mean, I've told you in the past, a lot of this podcast, and I'm just going to set this up for everyone who's listening, we haven't gone mental. It's just that I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and everyone's so damn serious about all of this stuff that I thought we'd be creative with it and play with it a little bit. We've covered pretty much everything that Joe Rogan's covered in the last month on this podcast, but <laughs> okay. been a lot more stupid. Uh, we don't have Elon Musk. Our budget doesn't incorporate Elon Musk. Yeah. I don't it's think he gets paid no. to go on podcasts. <laughs> he just has to do the journey to get there. He doesn't want to come to the UK mm. right now. A lot of people don't. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why. It's a brilliant place. It's a good job we're in a forest. So, mm -hmm. you know, we're safe. But basically, what I was going to say is, a lot of this stuff is covered. A lot of podcasts, they talk about all this stuff. So I'm glad you brought up aliens. I don't know why you think a probe that we've sent to a different planet is alien. No, it made me think of Mars. Oh, aliens make you think of Mars. Yeah, like Martians. Really? Yeah. You've seen any of them? No. I did. It's in Justice League. Big... Zack Snyder's Justice League has the Martian Manhunter. Oh, yeah, that weird right green end. guy. Wow. <laughs> I'm not proficient in. You in can't say that in this stuff. world. That's not a good woke thing to oh. say. The big green guy. Can't, oh, can't you comment on, on you his got appearance. You got slapped by Batman for that one, I tell you. Uh, everyone knows how woke know Batman is. I don't know anything about his personality, so I wouldn't be. You able don't know to... anything about his personality? Yeah, so I can't refer to him. What, the Martian Manhunter? Yeah. He's just a comic book character. What are you talking about? Yeah, but you said I can't refer to him as the big green guy. No, he's a Martian Manhunter. Although I suppose out of context, someone might might think I'm talking about the Hulk, but... I'm so bored of you. Right, <laughs> so the point is, right, China sent... And the thing that's amazing about the probe stroke remote-controlled car stroke... Robot. Gathering remote-controlled car... Stroke drone, whatever you want to call it. Robot. It was actually made in China. Yeah, it was. So? So it's like they've made a lot of space stuff that's gone to Mars already. They mm. just haven't got a credit for it. Mm. They didn't send it. Someone else sent it. Sended it. Sent it. <laughs> FedEx. Apparently it takes 18 Earth minutes 
for us to receive uh, the a transmission. text message. Yeah. So yeah, send... that's because uh, that's because uh, we're on three G around here. It's <laughs> no, really from slow. Mars. From Mars. From Mars. Mars is sending text messages. Yeah, that's from creepy. the robot. The robot's texting yeah, people. Yeah. Yes. Why would it do that? It's sending us messages. Is it? Like, it hasn't it... sent me one. I'm looking at my phone now. <laughs> no. Do you know? I think it's uh, clever journalism. Mm. I think they just put a remote control car in a Mars bar and said that our robots landed on Mars. Mm. That's what they've done. So Mars has a remote control car in it. And basically, you know how we had War of the Worlds? You know, like our genius. We didn't actually have War of no, the Worlds. Well, we've had a lot of them, actually. We've had <laughs> fair, fair amount of those, uh, too. Depends total. what world you're talking no, about. No, I'm saying that the, the, the science fiction War of the Worlds yes. by H.G. Wells, which honestly, to me, sounds like a guy that should be a local butcher down the street, H.G. Mm. Wells. And I like sons. the story of the time machine. I didn't like War of the Worlds. Was it like Groundhog Day? It was so boring. Time machine. Uh, no, it wasn't. Was it about the invention of a watch? No, it wasn't. <laughs> so, H.G. Wells did a science fiction book yes. called War of the Worlds. Correct. Okay. That became a film. And in that book, lots of these massive robotic things come down. Tom Cruise did a film about it. If you can't be bothered to read like me, mm. Tom Cruise has done the film, so it's all there. If you were Martian, what if you were like really small, like a tiny person, and then this massive robot that was coming to take pictures and text back came to your planet? Yeah. That'd be kind of like War of the Worlds. Yeah. So if you're nanoscopic, yeah, and the nanos exactly... nanoscopic communities of Mars, what's that's, happening? that's exactly what's happening. <gasps> We've perpetuated our own fiction to a different planet. <gasps> That's not woke, is it? You should have all these woke kids going crazy about that. You can't send drones to Mars. It's like we're colonizing them, out. them. Well, it's very... Uh, we're implanting our will on a different planet. We're imposing not our my culture will. on My others. will's at home listening to this podcast. <laughs> Inter interplanetary cultural oppression. Yeah. Yeah, all we're doing is taking pictures and texts. What if all they were doing in H.G. Wells, who literally sounds like an ice cream salesman or a shoe shop guy? H.G. Wells doesn't sound like a novelist name, does it? It sounds like they've got a nice and Sons tag to, like, carpentry or something. H.G. Wells and Sons. Mm -hmm. They make Wells. There you go. <laughs> That's a namesake. Mm. So, yeah, they have landed a remote control car on Mars. Very impressive, NASA. How much did that cost? No, China. China is NASA, isn't it? No. It's a different kind of NASA. <laughs> so anyway, so they've landed a remote control car on Mars. A lot of people have done that recently. Didn't India try? I think it's only the US and China that have successfully done that. I think Britain did. At this point. I think the UK did. No, I don't think so. Not on Mars. No, I think we just threw a Mars bar at it. Uh, says here, <clears throat> four space agencies have successfully made it to Mars. NASA, the former Soviet Union space program, the European Space Agency, and the Indian Space Research Organization. Told you. Oh. So China's like the fifth on the list. I don't know. I think, uh, you know, you also need to consider a lot of them, they're considering flybys, but then they didn't necessarily land. So... Yeah, that doesn't count. Yeah. You can't say that. Because mm -hmm. if you did that in on Earth, we're going to take it to Australia, but you're only going to fly by it. Yeah. You wouldn't be very happy, would you? Mm -hmm. 
Well, there it is. It's underneath you. You'll never get to see it. Bye. You know. Well, it's mostly surveillance and uh, territory checks, and they're trying to map it out, I suppose. But I think a lot of the space agencies are working in in cahoots with each other. I think mm. they have to. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like the science community of the world. Well, it is the sci- It is a different type of science community, yeah. but it is linked to but the military. A lot of science is linked to the military, though. More globally united. Well, there's a lot of competition mm-hmm. with stuff like that. Sure, but obviously once they're out there. I think space like... is vastly becoming quite privatized corporate now. Mm. Elon Musk is having a go at it. Yeah. So, uh, that was nonsense. It pretty much was. We just talked absolutely stupid. <laughs> um, I feel like we've cleared a lot of people's uh, curious minds. Very difficult when you you stay at home and stare at walls for the, for most of your life. Mm-hmm. You're obviously you you think about all these things, and I I hope we've we've been food for thought this week because I think you know all of these scientists, all of these archaeologists that goes on massive missions to uncover ancient ruins and stuff like this. They're called ruins for a reason, mm. but they used to be just someone else's house. Yeah. It's not that interesting. No. It's just that a big sandstorm came because Terry hit the reset button and that's what happened. Mm. Or a flood. Climate yeah. change is basically someone in the offices that we call heaven messing around with the emergency button. <laughs> reset, reset. Yeah, that's what climate change is. Yeah. Big, you know, it's a big problem. Well, we covered that. We covered American whales and why they're very good at makeup mm-hmm. or having makeup applied to them, should be honest. <laughs> yeah. I think the uh, wolf in Little Red Riding Hood. Mm-hmm. I nearly said Little Miss Riding Hood, which sounds like a Mr. Man novel that's never been written. Actually, speaking of Mr. Men novels, it's like the 50th anniversary or something. Wow, look at me. Uh, yeah. Little Red of, Miss Riding Hood. Of Little the Miss Little Men Riding books Hood. coming out. Little Men? Yeah. Mr. What? Men. Mr. Men and Little Mi- Miss. <laughs> Mr. Men and Little Miss. Yeah, that collection. No fluidity in that. <laughs> <laughs> There's no Little Miss Men. <laughs> Or Mr. Mrs. Men. Yeah. Woman. Lady. Or anything in between. Uh, Little Red Riding Hood. I, I, I'm just getting there again. I'm pretty sure the wolf in that, because they're in drag. Fabulous. Because mm-hmm. the werewolf, theoretical werewolf, if you've played the Witcher games, in that story is dressed like her grandmother. Yes. So there you go. Mm-hmm. It was just a. Mm-hmm. It was a gender fluid it was a werewolf. Drag wolf. It was a. It was a gender fluid werewolf that wanted to be known as Little Red Riding Hood's grandma. And what did we do back in those culturally insensitive times? <laughs> we murdered the stupid thing. That's what we did. We got the butchest guy in the village. He was probably Aryan because you know superpowers. And came in. We got Chris Hemsworth. The huntsman mm-hmm. to come in and kill the werewolf. I think it drag was less monster. because he was he was grandma. a drag wolf than the fact no, it's that a grandmother he, wolf. It, he you, ate no, the you can't say drag. It's not it's not a correct thing. He wasn't on rap poles. He, he wasn't on he wasn't on kangaroo poles. Kangaroo poles? Is that the Australian one? No. He wasn't on kangaroo poles. RuPaul. RuPaul. <clears throat> he wasn't on RuPaul's. He was a wolf that identified as Little Red Riding Hood's grandmother. It's very specific. But he didn't have to eat her. 
I think it was just, you know, you know, like grandma say things like that. I could eat you all up, cherub, you know. I think it was just being nice. Just being, an, he was, he was in character as a grandmother, right? And she got freaked out. I could eat you all this up. Is, this is how far we've come. Mm-hmm. I mean, back, if you think about that story and how culturally insensitive it is to this day. Mm-hmm. If a wolf did that this day and age, we'd be, we'd be a lot more passive about it. Carry on. So we'll be back in two weeks' time. And if you're Guy Fieri, I know you're not Guy Fawkes. I'm not an idiot. I do mess up a lot of names and a lot of directors. We've established that. But I happen to know who you are. I just can't say your surname. Diner, Drive-Ins, and Dives. It's an interesting show. If you've got the Food Network, it's kind of interesting because America's interpretation of the food network is to make food entertainment so you know play stupid games like chop where they basically take a chef it's a competition they chop your hand off if you're rubbish no yeah that's what chop is no yeah you put you go onto the chopping block they chop your hand off it's like yakuza chopping no. it's interesting uh yeah you start off with fingers and if they're really bad you take their hand yeah uh iron chef which is a bunch of chefs ironing it's, it's kind of like, it's that, but they're dressed like Iron Man. It's a very confusing show. It started in Japan, so obviously. Well, all the food shows in this country tend to be cooking. Yeah, most of the things we have on the UK, we had UK food, which now is the Food Network, but we used to have UK food, and all of it was cooking shows. Mm. Until America came along and made food entertaining, right? As you can tell, in Kitchen Nightmares, the food is the most unentertaining part of the show because it's usually gross. And it makes us all go, <laughs> wincel it a wee bit until Gorn gets to it. Right? Magic. But it's a good show. I, I, I find it interesting because it's kind of Americana and you, you get to see all of these different restaurants in America around the USA, all of its cultural haunts and, and brilliant places. And then they go for a dive. I don't get that. I don't get it. It's like you see all of this cooking stuff and then you dive. No. Yeah. It's like a small restaurant. What? Like a hole in the wall. Why is there a hole in the wall? And then, see, I'm totally confused. We'll be back in two weeks when this makes sense. Hopefully it will. Take care, everyone. Stay safe.